0: Drive by Cinema! Three nachos and a foaming thermos of fun!
1: Coming at you live and direct from a podcast studio somewhere near you, it's Drive by Cinema. Season 3, episode
0: 37. 37? Well done, everybody. Round of applause. Quiet, yay!
1: To everybody involved, I'm Rick, and this is my co-host Paul. It's unfortunate, co-host Paul. Yes, for the podcast where we watch the movies, so you don't have to,
0: and you probably don't have to, Richard. Yes. So, wow, welcome everybody to this fabulous podcast. Uh, And uh,
1: what news? Well, Paul, I was going to ask you that because where the hell have you been all? Well,
0: I was waylaid last week. Uh, by a uh, on Friday by a driving awareness course and it kind of threw my entire weekend into disarray because I had to
1: and how was your driver awareness course did it make you you face up
0: you gave me some you gave me some advice which I took which you know don't try and deny your wrongdoing I have to say they really do treat like a criminal don't they Uh, it's the first observation (laughs) they're parting they're parting you know they're parting uh, comments on you know and, uh, you know, so you won't have to uh, face the prosecution that you should be facing this time, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, oh, really?
1: That's Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, That's very it might passive and aggressive. Be, it might have been the attitude of some of the people on the course that caused it to say that. I think I would have preferred to go to the in-face one, the face-to-face one, or the real-life one, where you get free bacon and, and coffee, which I didn't.
1: Well, next time, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: was a Perfect. next time, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. That was my uh, that was my that was my I don't know, my chastening moments uh, of realizing that I shouldn't be doing 36 miles an hour on a dual carriageway. <laughs> no, I do but accept I-, I was going too fast for a dual carriageway. Interestingly, I did discover a dual carriageway is defined as having either a grass verge or a barrier.
1: As long as it has a median strip, as the Americans would say. Yes,
0: does not relate to the number of lanes. dual rela- relates to the number of separated directions, not to the number of lanes on either side.
1: All of which, Paul, is a great distraction from any previous corrections and omissions. <laughs> do you have any anything? You never do it anyway. I don't know. You always consider yourself perfect. I wanted to oh, ask you something you about your you visit to the cinema. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you said... Hmm. that you notice a load of D&D parties and stuff yes. whilst you're waiting in something you call the lobby. The lobby, yeah. Is, it, is that a thing that cinemas have, a lobby? A reception? No, they don't, it's not a business park, is it? I mean, Well, this is my question, Paul. Uh, Entrance? Uh, look, I think the word I would have gone for if you'd put me on the spot would be ticket hall.
0: Yeah, that's uh, a better word, it is. I was away from the ticketing area in the sort of sit-down sort of couch and table area. uh,
1: This is it, couch and table. I'm not sure what cinemas have, like, couches and tables. I mean, I've never had to wait in the cinema. Like, I turn up, I get my ticket, and I go straight. No, I queue at the concession stand. For some reason, it's concession to let me eat and drink. They're expensive <laughs> snacks in the cinema, and then I go immediately to the screen. I don't have to wait like in an airport. Is that what is so? Well, I guess I, could,
0: I get well because my ticket hadn't arrived in my email, so I thought I better turn up in person,
1: <laughs> right? And, and
0: see where it was. So I turned up forty minutes early, in case there was <laughs> a problem, and there wasn't. Uh, they just took my seat number and my details, and, and then gave me the ticket.
1: Okay, okay. And to be fair, there are some cinemas which have like a bar or like a mini restaurant in yeah. the ticket hall.
0: Or in the case of mine, there were cans of Jack Daniel and Coke.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, how <laughs> classy. It is classy, isn't it? Very classy. So, yeah. So,
0: I, I don't know what you would call it. The, the, the waiting area? or,
1: I mean... These kind of public spaces, theatres particularly, have a load of odd names, don't they? For the the areas in them, in theatres in particular, I don't know what it's called, but it's called something strange, isn't it? Vomitorium, isn't it? The isn't it vomitor- <laughs> No, I think everyone thinks that's the Roman word for a place where you go and throw up, but I think a vomitorium is the area of a theatre. Is it really where all the staircases pour out into in the middle in the front? Uh, but I mean, there's also all those words for the bits inside the theatre, like the. The stalls and the gallery and... Yeah, I'm never really sure about those. No, I'm not either. It's a barrier to people who want to go to a theatre. You have to know what you're talking about, don't you? Because at some point, someone might ask, or a website might ask, what kind of seat do you want? And the truth of the matter is, I don't know what all those words mean, really. Exactly. And what... uh, Are the stalls... Are those the things on the ground? They are, are yeah. The
0: stalls are the cheap seats.
1: Why are they cheap, though? Because you're nearer to the stage. Correct. So they should be more expensive.
0: But the director's box at the football stadium isn't next to the pitch either, is it?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I guess so. Interesting, isn't it? Okay, I have a correction. I've got a feeling from last week that I maybe edited it out. Good. So I might be correcting something that nobody had heard of. So if so, then more fool me because I've made a double mistake, haven't I? But I think I made mention of a film about... We were talking about demon worship with relation to Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. And I mentioned a film about some Dungeons & Dragons player being taken over by demonic forces as he dabbled in demon worship. And I... I think I said it was played by Tom Cruise, which is not true. Mm. It was played by Tom Hanks, was the lead in that. Tom Cruise, of course, did face off against a demon in the film Legend. That's a completely different thing. He did, he? You, you must remember it.
0: I don't, but I remember a movie where Keanu Reeves played a lawyer who kept seeing demons. Devil's Advocate, was that? Is that it? Maybe. Maybe. That's one of my lost movies. What do you call your lost movies or White Whale?
1: White Whale. Well, it wasn't movies originally. It was a song, a white whale. Mm. But I think it could apply to any piece of media that you can't find. Except these days, you would ask Google or even better, ChatGTP now, and it would just find it for you, wouldn't it?
0: So last week, I was grasping and grappling for a word. About not a cliffhanger in any movie, like a false, a false start where you think it's ended but it hasn't. And I've looked online, and I can't really find that word in cinematic terms. So, if one of our listeners can find out, well, how do you describe an ending that isn't the end, apart from a false ending? I'd be intrigued to find out what how we actually
1: say that. Co- co- Answers on a more. postcard, please. And, and now it's time for the music. when you're editing this, Paul, mm-hmm. I hope you cut out the bit where I hit myself in the head with my headset and went, <laughs> ow, which is on the recording, but it doesn't need to remain in the edit, I'm just saying. That's up to you, it's your creative decision. Um,
0: <laughs> it's, I, I have full permission to
1: remove that, yeah. You have full permission to remove my ow, yeah, please. Paul, what movie did I make you, force you to watch <laughs> this week? And how the hell did you, you fit it in to your busy, busy life? How, uh, Richard, did
0: you, did you, have you, because I mean, Richard often has seen these movies before, he being, you know, a veritable movie buff. Richard, had you seen this movie before?
1: No, I'd never seen this movie before. Right,
0: okay. So uh, the movie that Richard <laughs> blindly, you know, blind taste test recommended for us to watch this week was, was I guess, a psychological Science fiction thriller called Black Box.
1: Black Box. Recently. 2022. And this was what direct to Amazon Prime. Direct to
0: Amazon, a budget of under ten million dollars. Sorry, Richard, you were going to explain the term Black Box.
1: Well, it's normally a term, isn't it, used to describe a technical device or process mm-hmm. that we don't know what what it is, and it's sometimes an exercise in figuring out what. The black box contains.
0: Named after the work of uh, the famous psychologist Skinner,
1: wasn't it? Was it? No, that's a Skinner box, isn't it? No, I don't think so. A, a black box is usually in engineering. engineering I right. encountered it first in electrical engineering. And the see. idea was they give you a sealed black box with contacts on the end, uh, on the outside. Wow. And you probe it with voltages and work it and out see the diodes does. And, yeah, and you then try and work out, yeah, what must the circuit diagram be inside, yeah? Nice. I suppose it's kind of reverse engineering, really. You ever fancied becoming a Lego artist, Paul? What's your... No. No, I haven't. Uh, like,
0: I go over to see, you know, friends and play with their kids Lego with the kids and whatever, and uh, I just find it a really frustrating experience.
1: Some, Some children
0: won't. don't like to organise their Lego in any kind of way, i.e. by colour, <laughs> by shape, or by function. <laughs> I see, yeah. I, I don't mind by colour. I think it's useless to do it by colour. I'd prefer by shape or function, you know. Yes, yeah. But when yes. there's 2,000 Lego pieces and you're rooting around for a helicopter blade, it's really quite annoying, isn't it?
1: Have you seen the guys who make the amazing like Lego Technics constructions? like i've seen there's one guy who did a a gear reduction of a google to one
0: ah uh, yeah i have seen that google to one yeah that is absolutely incredible
1: and there's other guys who make it spin really fast and they have to replace the axles with metal because the plastic ones <laughs> just melt and stuff like that really really cool it is cool yeah yeah, yeah. something i don't have the patience for I don't think
0: my my, my uncle bought makano me like when I was like a five-year-old or eight-year-old or whatever, you know, with the idea of... I think back in the day when Britain still had, you know, an engineering industry or a significant engineering industry, it was the idea, okay, you know, get him interested in Makano, he can become an engineer when he's older. But I I, I just never played with it.
1: Well, I think with car you need a tiny spanner, don't you? It's a bit fiddly, isn't it? Is it? Well, I never I played with so. it, so don't, don't, don't you have to, mm. Don't you have to bolt everything together? Anyway, we're way off topic. <clears throat> yeah black box Paul could you explain how this go? <sighs> okay so
0: this is my understanding okay
1: yeah. Nolan
0: is our lead um, Nolan yeah Nolan yeah okay who is played by Mamondo Mamadou
1: Mamadou Mamadou, Mamadou yeah. okay
0: uh, and he's been in lots of stuff hasn't he but I'm not quite sure what it is
1: the director of this is a Nigerian I think right he- but it's working in uh, in Hollywood, I think. So uh, this is not a big budget, as you said. What ten million? Less than ten. Yeah. So
0: I mean, I, I I can't quite remember how it starts, but it transpires that Nolan has recently uh, had some sort of near-fatal accident from which he is slowly recovering, but he's left with some sort of amnesia, where he simply can't remember anything about his past life. Unfortunately, his wife. Died in the accident and he's left to look after his little daughter Ava who kind of shepherds him through what he doesn't remember of his daily routine so for example there's several occasions where they go to the school gates in the traffic line and he has to drop the kid off and he always doesn't know what to, what he should be saying to the teacher, etc., etc., etc. As he's dropping his kid off for school, kind of thing. So that she coaches him, doesn't she? She does. She coaches she's, him through. She's life. She's very
1: right? precocious. For I think is she supposed to be eight?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say so, she's bratty. She's precocious. She's on the bratty
1: side of that precocious. Well, she's had to grow up quick, hasn't yeah. she? Because she's lost a mum, and her dad is Doolally. He can't remember. You can't remember Amnesia it comes in different forms, right? Mm-hmm. So there's. Kind of amnesia where you can't make new memories. Yes, I think that's like memento style, maybe. I think Mm -hmm. Uh, because he has to write everything down on his arm, doesn't he, and make tattoos and stuff. And Alzheimer's would be an example of that, wouldn't it? Is that Alzheimer's esque? Maybe so.
0: Yeah, because I mean, you know, people with degenerative sort of brain brain conditions they typically can remember their past, can't they?
1: They like can remember long-term fixed, memories. Yeah,
0: fixed. Yeah. But their plasticity, the neuroplasticity, has, has declined to the extent they can't form new memories.
1: But here we've got a guy who, rather like the chap, I'm sure I've mentioned this. The chap I m- met in an art gallery in a exhibition opening told me that he couldn't remember anything since he'd had his wisdom teeth removed. <laughs> And that sounds
0: like some sort of that sounds like some sort of absurdist joke in an art gallery. What well, I haven't like?
1: been to the dentist for forty odd years as a consequence.
0: <laughs> Whoa, it's giving you a fear of dentists.
1: Not a fear of dentists, Paul. A fear of having my wisdom teeth removed, <laughs> which I but think ed- is what a dentist would do to me. That's,
0: that's all Dentist survival is removing wisdom teeth. What do you mean? That and buying, uh, you know, Coca Cola concessions at airports so that they give us all dental cavities. Uh, no, do, do they have a Hippocratic oath as dentists? They're not real doctors, are they? So I guess they do. not Yeah, Paul, I'm sure they're doctors. They're free to they you know, even... they're free to you know, open candy shops and Coca Cola shops everywhere they want to, aren't they?
1: They can keep um, flesh eating plants, can't they? I <laughs>
0: So, I didn't tell you about my story, which was uh, I used to sell mobile phones. Well, I was the Q- QC, QA manager, and later the HR manager for uh, those Trojan's companies that used to ring you up about 15 years ago and try to sell you a clam razor phone from Motorola. Uh, uh, we had like some sort of primitive sort of computer log of all the phone calls we made. And we realized we made 37 million calls around the UK in about two years. So you probably spoke to <laughs> one of my team at some point. Uh, and, uh, we got lots of famous, because we called everybody in the UK, we got lots of famous people that hadn't, you know, chosen the barred list. Uh, and the first person we spoke to that was kind of famous was Peter from Big Brother. Pete, sorry. Pete from Big Brother, who showcased uh, sort of, I think it was ADHD, or not Tourette's, didn't he? Uh, he showcased Tourette's during his stay. He was on the same time as Nikki, who's now sadly deceased. Uh, Nikki, uh, who does she think she is? Fame, mm. kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And we got him on the phone. And uh, our salespeople were all so scared that they kind of just didn't sell him anything in the end. Uh, and I got blamed for that. But then I got somebody. Uh, whose name was Michael Caine, but wasn't the real Michael Caine. Uh, But he had amnesia, yeah, of some sort. And he bought a phone from us four times. And he said, please don't sell me another phone. Oh, no. (laughs) Because we said, oh, you bought phones off us. Before we said, have I? And then, you know, we said, yeah, you bought one this time, that time, this time. He said, "All right, well, I've got amnesia, so I don't know if I'm buying things or not. So, so, yeah.
1: So did you sell him another phone? <laughs>
0: I think we did sell him another phone, yeah. Fact, I think we took his number down and made sure we rang him every week. I'm not sure if we were short of targets, kind of thing. It doesn't matter, you know. I, 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 they're kind of like, uh, I get it reimbursed by, by the social, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Great. N- nice loophole for any any, uh, any direct marketing channel salespeople. Like, yeah. Sorry I wasn't I didn't mean to trample on your anecdote. So at the art gallery he said he lo- he couldn't remember things since he had his teeth out.
1: Yes. Well that is the end of the anecdote because as you know he, he couldn't really tell us much more could he? <laughs> and have you looked into
0: you know any evidence that what he said might be true?
1: Well have you never looked at the list of complications that can go wrong with a wisdom teeth extraction operation? I mean, they're in there deep you know they're right in your jaw mm. they talk about like losing sensation in your tongue paralyzing your tongue l- l- losing your sense of taste uh wow. all kinds of horrific possible complications i realize they're probably rare and they have to tell you about them nonetheless but yeah i, I don't know maybe a weird reaction to the anesthetic might have caused it who knows no kind of fly guess in that? any event it's too dangerous, if you ask me. If you remove things that are called wisdom teeth, you have to expect some neurological impact. And there you go. He lost all his memory. Okay. I'll keep my wisdom, thanks, for the occasional bout of my numbing pain. It turns out
0: infected. Nolan has got a mate who works in the, uh, in the hospital where he's gone for treatment called Gary. I, know, I didn't really pay attention. What's their backstory? How do they know each other? I didn't know. I thought they were brothers for a moment. I don't uh, think they were brothers. It's never really made clear, but they know each other. They're, They're mates. Buddies. They've known each other for a while. Now, I have to say, one criticism of this movie is, like, uh, the dead ends are not explored. Because, like, I mean, at some point, this movie turns a little bit sinister. And I, one one thing that I was naturally thinking is that Gary has kind of, like, run off with Nolan's wife and is lying about it all. And I wanted, like, these things to be suggested a little bit stronger, whereas, like, it's quite linear. Like, we're not really exploring possibilities about what could be going on here.
1: There's uh, only, the one twist, it's only one it's twist. There's only one twist, yeah. It, it, it,
0: yeah. It's and quite, so, uh, they miss a, a cinematic trick here, which is, you know, is to play with us and, and get us thinking about what could be the twist, and they don't do that at all.
1: Anyway, so... Uh, but uh, you've missed, Paul, you've missed an important bit of foreshadowing, Oh. which is... We, I think we're supposed to infer that Nolan has a bit of a temper, perhaps as a consequence of him not having mem- memories properly, because we see yes. that there is a, a punch hole. Yes, we see it twice, don't we? Yeah. In the plasterboard. Well, we, we would call it plasterboard in the UK. In the US, I think they usually use the term sheetrock. Really? I have to ask That's... you, Paul, what is the difference between sheetrock. plasterboard and sheetrock? Sheetrock,
0: I guess... I don't know. Wow, I never knew that.
1: Well, I'll tell you, since you're not even prepared to guess, it's <laughs> it's really it's just a brand name. Oh, it's like Kleenex and tissue. Boxes. Oh, it's like Sellotape, right? Or okay. Hoover and va- or sellotype. yeah. Hoover and vacuum cleaner. Interestingly,
0: the Americans, although Hoover company comes from America, don't call them vacuums Hoover, do they?
1: What do they call them?
0: Dyson's vacuum <laughs> Dyson cleaners, I think. Oh, right, <laughs> I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I, I I do prefer American to English in many respects like uh what do we call it laundry detergent these days we used to call it washing powder but you can't call it call it that anymore the americans just call it laundry soap which is oh yeah better
1: oh, it's a bit bit quicker yeah and How dish soap
0: which is good too isn't it rather than washing, washing, washing up, up liquid. liquid which is just ridiculous <laughs> The only one where we win is, tra- is traffic circle versus roundabout. We kind of become more Americanized in our in our form, don't
1: we? I'll come back to that in a second. Yeah. But what about petrol versus gasoline? Neither are good, are they? I think I like petrol because petrol is also a colour. I think it's ah. quite nice, isn't it? Gasoline? No, I don't like gasoline. I'll tell you something that is good though. What do Americans call spring onions? Oh, I
0: know that. They're called them scallions.
1: Scallions. Now, that's a word. That's a great word. It is. that's something you can call someone as well, isn't it? A wrapped scallion.
0: It does sound like scallywag and rascal all at the same time.
1: I mean, obviously, I mean, spring onion is very descriptive, but it's got nothing on the emotional impact of a scallion. A scallion, yeah. Yeah, no, great. You said no, you want to come back thing- to something. Traffic yeah. circle. So, in this country... Before an editor of the Times, I think, came up with the word roundabout, which is
0: a very American word.
1: Well, that's because the editor of the Times at the time was American, T. S. Eliot. I don't know what his name oh. is actually. I have to go. However, he's only half American, but there we go. Prior to that uh, invention, that American invention of roundabout, the what we call it? normal the normal British word for we, what go. we call it's a roundabout. So is a gyratory circus. Yes! A name which is retained still in London. There's the gyratory, uh, Hanger Lane gyratory there, isn't there?
0: You know, I, the productivity puzzle has, has baffled the UK for <laughs> the last 10 or 15 years. Some of it might be to do with the fact we're so pontificatory and so worth about the language that we use. I mean, how can you get anything done if you've constantly got marbles in your mouth?
1: Look, no question, roundabout is a better name than gyratory circus, yeah. except if you don't have to type it or say. I mean, it.
0: Gyratory circus brings to mind all wonderful things, like you know, yes. just elephants flying by a trapeze <laughs> and that kind of thing, you know, <laughs> on a huge Camberwick Green kind of little, little opening, little rotating toy kind of thing. I don't know; it's
1: just wonderful, but at the same time, oh, side, steampunk is mean, pure steampunk, yeah, yeah. Anyway. There's a hole in his plasterboard, Paul. In his sheetrock
0: indicates he ha- now has a temper. Post, yeah, post op. I mean, interesting. Although it does I mean this film doesn't delve into the realities of brain injuries, does it in any way, shape, or form? Which is going to be a criticism, I think, of it later. Uh, you know, people do often have severe changes in personality, emotion, and behaviour following severe brain trauma, don't they?
1: Well, there's this famous story about a guy who. Um, started having uh, very, I think it it was either violent or sexual thoughts, and pro- possibly sexual thoughts towards minors and stuff
0: that he hadn't experienced before.
1: But he hadn't experienced before, yeah. And um, I, the details are now evading. It must be frontal know,
0: lobe damage, mustn't it?
1: I know that they found a tumor, and ah. uh, they removed the tumor, and he was completely back to normal. Whoa! But it it raises real. Difficult questions about criminal responsibility, doesn't it? We all discuss this
0: topic, don't we? It does, absolutely, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, it, it wasn't that he didn't know what he was doing, but he, you so know, he had have desires. Yeah. And he couldn't control it. Yeah. if he's, We know there are substances that can disinhibit you. So it's a very difficult area. And this movie does touch on this kind of stuff, doesn't it? Yeah. But he's going to meet his boss who he doesn't know. But is an old friend, isn't, because he's worked with her before. He's,
0: he's a photojournalist. He's a photojournalist international, yeah. Uh, it's intriguing that journalism and photojournalism was such a qualification 20 or 30 years ago. Whereas, you know, in the era of Samsung phones that can add detail to the moon, like the ability to snap pictures well really isn't, it, it's, it's highly fungible these days, isn't
1: it? I don't know. I mean, there's still a skill to catching the right moment, being in the right place at the right time, having the brass balls to go and photograph some things. There's danger Uh, and framing and stuff. All right, so framing a lot of framing stuff can be done post, post, yeah, yeah, and editing and stuff. But I think there's still a skill there. But I mean, ultimately, again, how long is it going to be before you just ask for whatever image you want? Generate me an image of Trump being arrested, please.
0: Sorry, so he goes in for interview to get his old job back.
1: I thought he doesn't this get
0: it back doesn't. There's a flaky moment in the movie, really. This wasn't it. We know he's not getting his job back. He says, "Look, you know your photos aren't the same anymore," kind of thing. And then she throws him out, uh, and that's it, really.
1: Now his doctor friend has told him about an experimental treatment. A doc, another doctor, Doctor Brooks. Yes. Dr Brooks I called her Dr VR <laughs> before I knew her name because that's what her that's what her treatment is isn't it it's yeah, basically a VR, VR
0: but so. wait a minute if I got this stuff VR based on EEG traces incredibly which is which is an incredible amount of furry analysis going on on one heartbeat isn't it or
1: one brain beat <laughs> So she's putting, she's reading his thoughts. So they've got like a system where they can look at someone's thoughts and, and recreate what they're seeing
0: and recreate what they're thinking.
1: I think, I think that they can sort of do this now. Did but I wait a minute,
0: if I'm thinking that and I can see it, why is need to put goggles on so I can see it again?
1: Yeah, that's a fair point.
0: Paul. Isn't it a fair point?
1: I, I, except I suppose there it's are a ser- subconscious. A certain, it's subconscious, go. yeah, yeah.
0: Now, the reality is subconscious thoughts are all about heartbeats and, you know, about when your next meal is. So I, I, you know, I, I think we'd just see a large hungry dinosaur if we were able to visualise
1: that. But So she uses hypnosis to determine if the pathway to his memories are total, not totally corrupted. Obviously, if they are, her treatment won't work. I'm glad you were paying attention to what
0: she was doing and why she was doing it. <laughs> it was just a series well, of montages of him putting his headset on, and that that weird kind of neural, that kind of electric net that you put on people, top of people's heads, and going under. But I'm yeah, glad no, you no, realised why she first was, it doing. It was
1: hypnosis. Yeah, yeah. Which I recognise, of course, because I've I've done hypnosis, which was and, a famous hypnotist, and and I remain ambivalent about the whole thing. I don't. I still don't understand what hypnosis is, in all honesty.
0: Are you are you okay with the five different brainwaves?
1: Uh, What alpha, beta, all the way down. In terms of
0: relaxation, in terms of mental activity, focus. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're evidential, aren't they? And, And 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 when you enter hypnotic states or meditative states, you do access a more hum, thrummy, thrum, thrum kind of brainwave, don't you?
1: That's certainly what all the scientific papers I've read say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I mean, obviously you're going to become more uh, more susceptible to, to, to suggestion, aren't you?
1: Yeah. Well, there yeah. we go. But, but the question is...
0: Is there an act of voluntary participation? Of course there is, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Is there an act of but, conscious voluntary participation? Of course there is, yeah, yeah. It'd be hard to posit otherwise, I think, unless you're a, you know, a crackpot. But, yeah.
1: Well, I think people want there to be a clear distinction between sort of play acting, mm-hmm. people going along with it, people role-playing. Yeah. And this concept of suggestibility and, you know, letting your subconscious control your stuff like that. And I think the truth is probably somewhere uncomfortably between those two extremes, right? That it's a mix of both or there's no clear distinction. As, at some point, deciding to let go is the same as agreeing to do something. But it's not quite the same. I, I, yeah. I don't know.
0: Uh, you know, as as my, my somewhat strict uh, lecturer on the speed awareness course indicated, have you ever driven a whole journey without realising what you were doing? Of course, you know. I mean,
1: it's called flow, in fact, yeah
0: in- and she was saying yeah. if you did that, you need to concentrate more. I'm not sure that's true actually.
1: I agree with you yeah, but mm. well done for not saying that to her at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a perfectly normal part of uh, of human operations, isn't it? Yes yeah, to get in getting zone. into a yeah. flow state. Yeah. And I expect it would mean that a lot of actions are done qu- more quickly. You know, the autonomic nervous system is quicker than you thinking about something consciously.
0: Oh, absolutely, yes. Well done. Yeah, yeah. that, should, that that's a that's a very fair point. So it's fair to say that Doctor Brooks is something of a firebrand and zealot for her methods, which she doesn't seem to declare to the larger scientific community. And how she's done it, I'm not quite sure. Uh, now, there's a hypnosis, and she says something about, well, you know, from my results, I can tell that you're kind of nearly ready to remember something very traumatic. And so I want you to go, you know, put these goggles on and go into VR. Is that the basic, would that be a basic summarization of what she said?
1: Yeah, she's very excited about his memories and thinks she can really help him. But whenever Nolan goes under, he keeps seeing this terrifying, or hearing, he starts starts off hearing this terrifying sound, which we come to learn is sort of the sound of breaking bones, don't we? Yeah,
0: and it's a man doing a sort of a, a... what they what's that if you got your bag of one in gymnastics? Crab, like a crab. That would crab, but with all bent, crippled bones kind of thing. Yeah. But faceless. And everybody's faceless in his VR experiences. oh, yeah, yeah, I've met this before, the facelessness. That must mean, again, severe trauma, I think, I think she says. And so we just need to delve a bit more to get rid of that trauma and then you start seeing real faces. So it looks like she knows what's going on, and she's got case studies of something very, very similar that's happened to her patients before. There's lots and of he, montages of this isn't there. We go deeper and deeper, a little bit deeper each time he comes back up and he goes back down and then we go back to his house and
1: uh, he drops off it's his It's not his house. And this is an important yes. point actually. Well, yes. It's a room in a house, but it's not the house that we've seen.
0: Oh, sorry, yeah, when he's in when he's in his trance or in his in his uh, sort of brainwave moments, yeah, he's in a different house to the house that he lives in now with his with It's his, supposed to be a safe place, isn't it? But with his orf- semi-orphan orf- daughter, yeah. yeah. She's got a phrase, just say to yourself, I am the author of my own mind or something. Something like that. I am the agent of my own reality or something. When he ever sees the ghoulie man approaching.
1: I run my mind, it doesn't run me. Yeah, which is I wrote it down.
0: Oh, okay. So I think I am the agent of my own mind would be better.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, during one of these sessions I think he forgets to pick his daughter up at school, as he as he would. He's got I mean, Yeah. I had labelled
0: her a bratty daughter at some point, but I've decided she's not. She's just precocious now. I said, "Wouldn't it be good if you just abandoned her completely?" Because later on in the movie, there comes a crux point where he kind of has to decide between being one of two different people, kind of thing.
1: I was- well, her teacher is witnessing him leaving, her, abandoning her. I think she has to bring him bring Sorry, she has to bring Eva to his house. Yeah, and she's kind of like saying, "If you." Keep this up, I'll have to go to child services. Can't and with
0: amnesia, he's forgotten that you can all things can be forgiven if you give teachers some homemade cookies. And he doesn't do that, does he?
1: Is that right? <laughs> Maybe he's not much of a baker. No, he goes back to the doctor. His to Doctor VR.
0: Oh, Doctor VR. Right. Or,
1: or he turns up with some uh, Chinese at some stage, doesn't he? Yeah,
0: they, but, have, they have a completely pointless tête-à-tête, don't they? It doesn't reveal anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but he goes back to Dr. VR and she puts him under and he sees it what you might think is his wedding. Yes. It's not his wedding, because we've seen his wedding already in his previous like recollections Correct. about his old wife. Yeah. It's in a different place. Like his other wedding was on the beach and this is in like a gloomy church. Yeah. So that's what's the word? Uh, diagnostic, isn't it? Interesting. Does he tell her about the new wedding? No. No. no.
0: So she's no wiser mean, about what he's seen, but she knows that he's seen uh-uh. something different. Uh, his mate Gary, who's also the doctor, becomes a bit suspicious about what's going on at this point, doesn't
1: he? He does, yeah.
0: Yeah. And starts digging into things to no avail or to no apparent reason. But he doesn't really. I mean, Gary doesn't really discover anything before the end of the movie, does he? Let's be fair. He's not much use. No. He's not much use. So I don't know what he's doing there, to be honest with you.
1: At the end, he manages to give someone an address that I think is very important.
0: Yeah, so but, why, why, why we see Gary digging into all this and becoming suspicious if he doesn't discover anything? I don't know. So I think there is quite a lot of excess baggage in this movie. You know, Ted attacks oh, with Gary for no reason. Absolutely,
1: Th- this movie is like uh, a Twilight Zone, a Twilight Zone episode or a Black Mirror episode, isn't it? That's about as much plot as you. You have here.
0: It was a bit sparse, wasn't it? It's just spread a bit thin for a film. Too easy to follow. And, you know, for a a thriller, psychological thriller mixed with
1: sci-fi, just not really enough going on, I didn't think. But Dr. Brooks is telling her about the fact that all of the people in his dreams and his visions are faceless. And she warns that he might end up with, Prosopagnosia, which is <laughs> face blindness. That's a real thing, isn't it?
0: Despite the fact he can see faces in real life. I'm not sure. Yeah, Is she one of those doctors you read about those <laughs> fakes qualifications for 35 years?
1: <laughs> well, she knows the word prosopagnosia, Paul. That's pretty good going. Well, we can That's all Google it, can't we? You know what
0: I mean? <laughs> so... so. <laughs> Now, the I took this memory, movie really seriously. I'm kind of realising now I shouldn't have taken it as seriously as I did. Well, it doesn't have any jokes in it, does it? It is completely deadpan. There isn't one joke in it, in actual fact.
1: Although his daughter is quite sassy and quite good. Yes, I think that's
0: the joke, isn't it? Like, uh, she's telling him what to do. Haha
1: Now, the next memory he has is Nighttime, in, again, a place we don't recognise. I'm glad you remembered these in order. And there's crying on a baby monitor that we're hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sees a faithless person we assume is his wife sobbing in the kitchen and just thinking about her arm, not sure whether she is it a bruise or is it broken? Bruise, i never really figured that out. Okay. Uh, but then he goes to look at the crying baby, and from the cot emerges this weird. Spider guy with the broken limbs climbing out. Yeah, like a
0: low-budget demogorgon, essentially, but with broken limbs.
1: And well, he's using in his... Form, yeah. <laughs> I run my mind, it doesn't run me litany.
0: And it kind of works, but doesn't work. And then he comes out of the kind of thing back to Doctor, and she says, oh, gosh, what's going on? And he says, oh, God, that was scary. Again, for the fifth time.
1: And he, he tells her about whether or not he ever hurt Rachel, his wife, because it seems to be a memory of him having hurt her.
0: That's why he had the tete-a-tete with Gary to find out if he hurt his wife, yeah.
1: Doctor assures him that he didn't hit her, but, you know, he's got this bandaged hand from where he hit the wall. Yeah. Um, And, you know, the doctor says that... The doctor says that the VR memories are always accurate. Yes. Never, never, ever
0: lie. Again, I think she might have faked her certificate before she hung it on the wall.
1: Yeah, so, uh, so at this point, he, we have
0: to have some sort of revelation and it comes at this point in the movie, doesn't it, I think?
1: Well, he finds the location of the place that he was in in these memories does, yes. somehow by driving around. Not quite sure how he does it. Well done. He well goes done there, He into this apartment block, and as he's going up there, he has distinct memories of seeing someone f- or experiencing someone falling down the stairs. Yeah. Which we connect immediately to the guy with broken limbs. We see like a guy falling down the stairs, don't we, and hitting everyone. So them. we know
0: that's the boogeyman.
1: He finds door A203, which again he which is a blue so door, now, And he knocks yeah. on the door. A girl opens the door. A young girl, but not Eva. I suppose that would be weird. That'd Quite be hard to separate, because they look pretty similar. The same age. He freaks kind of. out, because he recognises the rooms in this place.
0: As his safe space. And...
1: And VR the space, girl's mum is is on a couch, looking maybe ill under a, a blanket. Mind you, I'm always on the couch under a blanket, even when I'm not ill. <laughs> it's an unsafe assumption, isn't it? She turns out to be called Miranda,
0: as we later find out.
1: And he runs out of this place because he's scared, freaked out by it, I suppose. And Eva is wondering if they used to live there. Um, and he goes... To his doctor friend, his friend Doctor Gary, Gary. Doctor Gary, he reassures him, but he starts checking the records, doesn't he? That's and when Gary becomes suspicious. Yeah. Well, he notes that before before Nolan recovered from the road traffic accident, he died. There was a record, yes, yeah, saying brain death had occurred on his medical records prior to him regaining consciousness. So, it's some kind of miracle. Um, he goes back to uh, Doctor Brooks, doesn't he? Back into the wedding memory that we saw the first time. And this time, the cracking bones crab demon guy. This time he stands up and hits him. Um and he winds up back in the safe place room. Uh but there's still this crying baby memory. I think he Oh, he changes he's got a watch so he can change memories, hasn't he? He goes there. And again there's the woman crying in the kitchen and the cracking bone guy appears. So I think he kicks him Have a fight. Ah, they do. At the same time, Dr. Gary is figuring out that after his brain death occurred. He goes and asks
0: some other doctors, doesn't he? Hey, you were there that night. What
1: happened? And they tell him. What do they that tell him?
0: Dr. Brooks, Dr. VR saved him miraculously. And as doctors, oh they don't really seem to worry about what methods she used to bring someone who was brain-dead back to life, you know, in complete normality, almost apart from a few missing memories. But yeah, that's, 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 a, that's the down low on it, yeah. He, he was dead, he was wheeled into Dr. Brooks, and uh, she miraculously brought him back to life. Yeah, there we go.
1: And in another of these visions, he's again in this safe room, but now he's a different person, like when he looks in a mirror... He he's got an entirely different face, and it turns out. And I'm not. Did Doctor Gary figure this out? He's actually <laughs> Doctor Brooks's son. Well, I think he gets told that. He, I mean, he gets
0: told he's he's Doctor Brooks's son. Uh, Nolan gets told when he comes back up at one pivotal moment. She says, "Ah, oh, you remembered. You remembered that moment." And so apparently he's now Thomas. Thomas, you're my son and I've put you Thomas in some I've put you in, you know, this dead vessel of another man's brain.
1: Apparently what had happened is he'd slipped down the stairs of his apartment, mm. probably pushed by his wife because this is Thomas, he was yeah. beating her up. And it was too late to save him. So she put him on put him on put him on yeah, put him on brain ice, so to speak. Into something called a black box, a which, box. by the way, we never White. see. Well, it's I, I don't know what the black box is. But that was two years ago. Um, She's so been waiting she for a, a decent donor to come along who can donate a body. She needs a body. This film is often compared... Well, I say often. I, I've seen this film compared to Get Out. Yes. Obviously not as good. <laughs> and unlike Get Out, this film does not have the same racial politics, politics overtones to it. Because... No. All of the cast are black in this film, by the way, which is... Apart from Mrs.
0: Everts, who's this token white one, I'm not sure what she does in the movie. Oh, she's a teacher, there we go.
1: I was a teacher and his boss as well, yeah. But but all of the main characters we've been discussing have been, have been black. So Because I guess that's not what the story is about. I mean, they're not trying to make a racial, political uh, examination, are they? Uh, she's,
0: she's excited and delighted. To welcome, now that he realises who he is, Thomas, her son, her dead son, back into the fold of consciousness. And uh, she sort of explains what she did and that kind of thing. Uh, and, and yeah, that's it, really. We, we just find out that Thomas is a bit of a twat. He's a wife-beater uh, and potentially beats up his kid as well. I'm not sure about that. Uh, and so, you, as you say, we're led to presume or led to infer that his wife could take no more and pushed him down the stairs.
1: So And he, he asks the doctor, what about Eva? And she says, well, you know, she's not your daughter. Very callous. So it's kind of the reverse, because like
0: usually these movies, it's like a bad person deserves to die and a good person occupies their body. But it's kind of reversal here, isn't it? <laughs> like, there's no reason why Thomas should get to occupy the body in, in, in the traditional morality of movies, is there?
1: Well, maybe, Paul, after the second act, maybe a reversal will happen. I don't know. Shall we we find out? It could happen, couldn't it? So he drops Eva off at Dr. Gary's because he says, you know, it's not safe to be around him at the moment. Eva's a bit freaked out because he's quite cold with her as well, isn't he, suddenly? Yeah. And Eva has written, oh, oh, it's so cute. She's written, don't forget me, on his hand as she leaves him in the car it's cute and he goes back to a203 in the apartment block and now he knows the woman's name but she's terrified of him because obviously he was beating her up um oh no she doesn't recognize him of course because he's in a different body yeah i'm getting confused yeah so he him.
0: recognizes his new his original thomas self when he looks in mirrors inside the inside the vr world but he's still got Nolan's face. But clearly. he's still occupying Nolan's body. So he goes and knocks on the door and she's thinking, who's this weirdo freak? Okay, he's round again. Oh, he
1: pretends to be an old university friend, doesn't he?
0: Because, of course, he knows everything about, about Thomas's life and about her life. So he just flips in the fact, oh, you know, I'm Thomas's friend from an old genetics course. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I just wanted to tell you a few things about Thomas. That you might, but as soon you might as he's upsetting. inside, really. I
1: mean, I don't know why he had to go through this charade very briefly. As soon as he's inside, he just explains that he really is Thomas inside Nolan. She seems to accept you fairly quickly, doesn't she? She does. She does accept it very quickly. Particularly when he starts guess...
0: pushing her up against the wall, you know, face to face and threatening her. Old style. Yeah, I though. guess
1: I guess she knows his uh, modus operandi. Yeah. Um, he realises, though, that there are no pictures of Thomas in this room, because she hates him, presumably. Yeah. And she says, I think you should go. He becomes angry. Uh, He tries to go to his daughter, but she hits him on the back of the head, doesn't she? Um, That's right, yeah. He comes to, I think, in his dreams, in front of Eva, next to Dr. Gary, and he's seeing the cracking bones guy, Thomas, as we now know, but with all his limbs broken, in In his reflection. Correct, yeah. Um,
0: And there's some showdown between him as Nolan and him as Thomas, isn't there?
1: Yeah. I think he goes back to his mum. Thomas goes back to his mum to get help with still being sort of haunted in his head. Yeah. And Dr. Gary realises that... um, Dr. Gary realises that Thomas, the Doctor's son, died at the address that Nolan went to.
0: Yeah, he puts two and two together. So he does work it out. After the point that it's useful, I think.
1: And then Dr. Brooks puts Thomas, her son, in VR to confront the demon, who I guess what we, I guess, now we assume that the demon is now Nolan. It's now Nolan looking
0: to re- haunting, haunting Thomas.
1: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a reversal. And yeah, so um, she's telling Thomas that it's in his mind. They have a fight. Uh, Thomas is just about to stab Nolan when Eva arrives with Dr. Gary, and her voice in the real world distracts Thomas and stirs Nolan into action. And, and Nolan gives Thomas, Thomas a good pummeling, basically. But Thomas actually has a crisis of conscience, Does and he? realizing that Nolan is still alive. So of redeems himself, doesn't he? And uh, his own family don't really want him. He leaves the door of the safe room, which in the very first session, Dr. Oh. Brooks had told Nolan, you must never there leave. There we go. Critical moment I ignore completely. If you leave the safe room, I won't be able to get you back. Uh, and now Nolan's body comes around, but it's not Thomas in it anymore. It's back to Nolan. And he remembers Eva's special handshake, Aww. which is one of those things where you... So, yeah,
0: this open door to the safe room, despite the fact she's downloaded his EEG, (laughs) uh, so she can download him completely, but if he decides to leave, then she can't get that download anymore. That was all a bit shonky, wasn't it? Let's face facts.
1: Yeah, but that's the twist at the end of the film, isn't it? It is not it Because Although Thomas has gone off into the dark place in Nolan's mind, what we see is Dr. Brooks on her computer, apparently loading up a, a backup brainwave... Into the VR set. And she has a brief look in the headset, but what does she see in there? We don't know. Well, is she experiencing somebody's... the world as Thomas sees it, presumably, or not? It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. She, she shouldn't be doing that with her son's brainwaves. No, <laughs> but
0: that sets us up for a sequel if any of us want to sit through that and watch it again. <laughs> there we go. Like Bucks 2,
1: BB2. Two. We got through it in the end. Okay. Whew. Right. Hmm. Can you be uploaded into a computer? Yeah, but not your totality. Your totality? What do you mean? Obviously not your fingers and toes.
0: No, in terms of, I just don't think you can replicate all the brain activity uh, to that level of accuracy. You mean
1: in practice or in principle you never can? In, In practice only. In principle, I guess you could do. I mean, I mean, again, I know we harp on about this all the time, but I'm struck by the fact that, I mean, years ago, I was playing, uh, you know, Predictive Text Chicken, where you just take the first word. Sure, yeah, text yeah. comes up with. and Because of the way you type the same thing all the time, it comes up with something, obviously not you, but quite you-ish, you know, yes. when you do it. Um, you know, Chat ChatGTP. GPT must be able to do much better than that. You know, if you gave all of the work of one of us to a a large language model, it surely could do a very convincing Discord bot that would convince most of our friends that we were still here.
0: Absolutely, yeah, in terms of online lives. So. But I'm not going to stray into the topic of consciousness and identity because I know you hate it. So there we
1: go. I don't hate it. I think it's fascinating. But I. I am a materialist, you know, I think... It, uh,
0: but are you a determinist materialist after quantum science?
1: Well, uh, no, I'm yeah. not a hard classical determinist, no, no. But, listen, I know we, we know that you're a two-boxer. Yeah. Here's a question. Are you... you <laughs> I'm not about, a two-boxer. I didn't want send you question last week. <laughs> what do you think about pea zombies? Oh, here we go. What's a pea zombie? What's p P-zombie? No, it's not It's not a dangerous Google search. It's... Tell me it's all about P-values. No, 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 no. It stands for, I think, philosophical zombie. So here's the thought experiment. Could you, in principle, imagine a person who uh, acts in a, in a way that convinces you totally that they are a person, but which is not conscious, does not have an inner...
0: Yes, without a doubt, I could do.
1: Right. Okay. So, it, uh, I think this question is getting to you to know to the Turing.
0: Point. Okay, you give your answer now. I have to shoot you. No, go on. Sorry, go on.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you. But you know, uh, you know Turing, Turing's question about thinking machines and his Turing test. Yeah. is If you can, I don't convince- agree with
0: Turing's test in the modern, modern idea of generalized intelligence, though.
1: What do you mean you don't agree with Turing's test? Well,
0: I mean, Turing's test is if if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it is a duck, basically.
1: Yes. It's, yeah. In
0: simple layman terms.
1: But that's yeah. not true, is it? Well, that I think that's what your answer to the P-zombie question tells us. You, you, you're saying that you could simulate something very effectively, yeah, and yet it still not have it, that essential yes. thing. Yeah. But I think you know for turing in in a sense what he's saying is is it not i mean everyone seems to rag on turing's test as if it's a, a not a very good test of being a ro- being a human or a robot mm. but i think that's not turing's point i think the whole point is you can't tell the difference you know that that you can't distinguish a pea zombie from a from a uh, you know a real person and that tells you more about what it is to be a real person than it does about how you simulate one. In other words, I think I, I think where I lie on this is, it, I, you know, I'm not persuaded necessarily that there is more to me than my external thing. I mean, obviously, I'm well aware I have an internal life. Uh, you know, some people don't have an internal monologue, pole. That's an interesting thing. They don't know, and some people can't read words without sounding them out either, which I find strange. And some people can't have don't have visual imagery. Yeah, but you know, here's the thing: you could never know what's going on in somebody else's head. That's the whole point, isn't it? It's what we're saying. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm aware I have this sense about myself. But you think it's a byproduct of being... I think it could well be an illusion. And I I don't think I'm much different from someone on the outside of me trying to make the same judgment, actually. I'm just hearing a slightly different... I've just got a slightly different perspective, but I think I've got the same problem in trying to figure out whether I'm conscious or not. It's that all I've got to know is this little voice in my head going, yeah, I'm thinking this and I'm doing that, etc. I wonder if people who don't have an internal monologue have a different answer to these questions interesting no no for no, me no, no. you, you could <laughs> <Right>. you could <laughs> argue that there is something about the soma about the body that is intrinsic to being a human mind anyway that if you take the the body away what's left whatever it is isn't Oh, that I would completely agree mind. with that yeah what because of glands hormones Oh, potentially yes
0: and the vis- that visceral that viscerality to it all more the fact that, but
1: you could you could sim- you could simulate all of those effects presumably on the neurons what,
0: how your brain responds to them yeah yeah uh, you're right about that uh, that I never thought about that actually you're right so that that could be synthesized on a neural a neural level rather than rather than uh, a sympathetic level couldn't it uh, but uh, the other thing what was I trying to say oh gosh I just lost my train of thought is relatively pertinent for once. Uh, so, yeah, there is that about the physical experience. But my point is that, you know, our abstract thoughts, thoughts, you know, typically, if you're a Piagetian, but most people aren't these days, we presume our, you know, scientific thinking begins age 10 or 11, most people, once we've had experience of the concrete world, yeah. And uh, what are our first concrete thoughts? Our first concrete thoughts are repressed motor impulses, you know, so when a, when a, when a child first starts to say, you know, give cookie, I give me a cookie, yeah. uh, what you'll find is that that speech comes after their palm has reflexively tensed. So all right. they're doing is translating a movement into a concrete movement, into a concrete thought. And in terms of development, we, we kind of sense that Abstract thoughts are based upon concrete thoughts. So if you've never had concrete mm. movement, how could you have concrete thoughts that evolve into abstract thought? So that's mm. me you know as a rather dull Piaget materialist suggesting I don't think it's without a, del-
1: a developmental a- a analysis of the same problem. I, I, I don't
0: think you could ever have the thoughts of a human unless, you know you'd romped around as a toddler for, for most of your life. so so sorry to disappoint those people that believe in
1: themselves. Give cookie. Paul, you've been focusing heavily on cookies this episode. <laughs> have you got any cookies? No. Have you just no. eating a cookie. No, I, I've stopped no.
0: myself eating cookies the last three weeks. That might be something to do with it.
1: <laughs> You're desiring cookies.
0: Desiring cookies. And more desiring, so I am, of scoring this movie, Richard. Okay.
1: Well, we'll do acting, shall we? Yeah, I, I think that's a
0: strong point here. Uh, and they didn't have a lot to play with. Uh. Like, lots of really quite powerful anguish uh, from some of the cast members. Uh, and I thought generally Nolan's confusion was relatively well portrayed. I'm going to score it 7.5 for acting.
1: Yeah, they had to do a lot as actors because, a I lot, mean, there's yeah. no special effects here, really, is there? Except Apart from the for some practical... blurred faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And a VR headset. Oh, head yeah. And the, yeah, the, the horror guy.
0: Yeah. And a net. He's quite creepy.
1: Oh, he is quite creepy, yeah. Yeah. I thought um, the guy playing Thomas didn't have a lot to do, did he? Uh, no. Uh, but the little girl was great. Truth so comes. yeah, a seven is definitely. definitely worth okay,
0: how about the torturous, complicated, very, very involving plot, Richard? What do you think about that?
1: Well, they did say that it was like a Twilight Zone or a Black Mirror episode. Truth is, it's not quite clever enough for either of those. No,
0: it? what do you call the simple version of Wikipedia? Conservopedia? I don't know, like simple English Wikipedia. It was like plain English Wikipedia. It was like... Yes. It it was like... It was like like written in big friendly letters, this movie. So I'm going to jump in here and say the plot was a four for me.
1: Oh. I'd say it's very average. I'll give it a five. It might be a six
0: even. Yeah. Might be a six. Right. It's supposed to be scary. It's supposed to be thrilling. What
1: do you think about the thrill factor? The... uh, the crab guy, the broken bones guy, <laughs> quite creepy. A little bit Japanese horror, body yes. horror style. Yeah, um,
0: I think with thought they de- missed a trick. It's like you know he should be moving slowly, and then suddenly they need to use a change in camera angle or focus to make him close up, kind of thing. So the slow, the, the slow move, movement is deceptive in some sort of way. Or suddenly his legs really start moving really scare quickly. Us, do they? Yeah, he needs but, to like move slowly then quickly or something. They didn't really work on the actual mechanics of how to make him creepy.
1: But it's not trying to be a full-on horror. No, it's not. It's just trying to be a bit creepy. Well, as there's very little
0: else in the movie, I think we have to score it on this.
1: You, yeah. I mean, uh, there is this creepy idea as well of, you know, everything, you know, you not being who you think you are. Yeah, It's quite a thing. I'll give it a six, certainly. But we didn't get the vertigo associated with that, did we, really? It feels a bit clinical. It's a bit Monday matinee kind of uh, TV movie. So I would have liked that
0: sense of vertigo of not really... The terror of not knowing who you are. I would have liked those kind of false dead ends to be explored. Like, it's all Gary who's having an affair with his wife, just keeping him under... And like dissolving his consciousness of the betrayal of his wife kind of thing. I know that. Was or helpful. if Thomas had been having an affair with his wife. Yes, that it would have been even better. That, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, and also the score, you know, is should have been used more sparsely. There's this constant sort of dramatic undertone to scenes that just aren't dramatic or scary. And that really brought down the fear factor for me. So it's going to be a five in total. Which one did you score? Huh. Of fear,
1: I think I did a six there. A six.
0: I what about sort of psychological and psychiatric relevance, or you know, relevance to to neurology? Not that either of us know very much about that. But <laughs> was there any scientific kind of relevance to this movie? I mean, uh, I've got to say no. Score it two, by the way. But there
1: we go. Oh, right, really? Well, we've talked a long time here about. Um, P-zombies and stuff, haven't we? Yeah, the movie didn't explore any of this, did it? Not really. No. Okay, I'll give it a five. And EEG's downloading entire
0: personality Come on, It's a bit daft, isn't
1: it? It is a bit daft, yeah. Okay,
0: there we go. Final score for it's... me, it's a fail. It's a 4.5. I can't recommend this, and I did find it a bit of a slog to get through.
1: I'll go slightly better, but only slightly. It is completely average, I think. It's a 5. Oh. I don't think there's anything terribly wrong with it. No. I don't think there's anything to really recommend it. A a bit disappointing and
0: not as good as... I think What's what I want to score at 4.5 is that the reviews are relatively healthy at 6, 6.5. It ain't that kind of movie. We have to be frank about it.
1: But maybe, you know, new talent in the director whose name I did look up somewhere. The director is Emmanuel Asaykufa. There we go. I think Righty. he's Nigerian. Paul, then I'm going to give you a choice of films for 38. Here we go. For episode 38, next week's episode, your choice starts with something called I know nothing about it. Veloci pasta.
0: Veloci pasta. Is that pasta as in noodles or pastor as in a religious person?
1: The latter, I'm led to believe. Although I mean, both sound amazing. (laughs) Um, Deja vu. Deja Denzel food. Washington having more neurological problems so it could be of a theme couldn't it the Steve Jobs movie which ah. is the Christopher Nolan doodad is, is it called Steve Jobs is it called Steve Jobs or Jobby or something okay I don't, I don't know <laughs> right uh, and there was a fourth one oh yeah the vertigo inducing uh, small cast presumably I think it's just two girls up a long stick Fall. F-A-L-L. Whoa. Well, what an eclectic choice.
0: I'm intrigued yes. by Vlota Pasta. I'm going to give it a miss. Fall sounds delightful, because uh, I kind of like those kind of movies. But I'm going to have to plump for Steve Jobs. Oh, right. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think I it's find it's been a while real since we went documentary-wise, since we went Herzog. Herzog was the last kind of documentary binge we had, wasn't it? So It's
1: an opportunity for me to rant on and on about Apple products, isn't it? So,
0: yeah, well, there's the age-old argument, the look-and-feel suite, which apparently Apple won, didn't they, 20 years ago? Versus, yes. generic versus proprietary, okay? Windows being a generic and Apple being a pr- proprietary-based system. Those two arguments still rage on, maybe.
1: Alright, are we all done?
0: Yes, I'm talked out.
1: Listen, at the risk of bringing it down, I'm also going to dedicate this episode to a listener, Joe, who is no longer with us. Oh. She'll be missed. Okay. Thank you, Joe, for listening. And until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Ciao for out. See you on the next one. <laughs>